You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, happy Saturday. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Best of the Week podcast. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Stephen Serta. Hope everyone is enjoying their extended 4th of July weekend, but we still got plenty of stuff to get you caught up on here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Going to start today's show off without of structure. Ron and Staggs posed a question to the audience this week about which wide receiver you'd like to see have a big 2022 season, McCole Hardman or Juju Smith-Schuster. After that, we're going to catch up with Show and BK. The guys discussed how the Chiefs roster might be lacking in some superstar talent that we've seen from them in the past. That just means that Chiefs general manager Brett Veach is going to have to hit on these draft picks, and that means that Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are going to have to be even more special than they already are in the upcoming season. After that, we'll take a quick timeout, and then when we get back, we're going to finish things up with an interview I had earlier in the week. I sat down with Cincinnati Bearcats co-defensive coordinator and safeties coach Colin Hitchler to discuss new Chiefs safety Brian Cook and get to know the new Chiefs player. That's all coming up on today's Arrowhead Pride Best of the Week. Thanks for sticking with us on the Out of Structure podcast. We're back with Ron's answer to my would you rather. Would you rather Juju or McColl be a top 10 player on this team by the end of the of 2022? I mean, I don't think it's a question, man. I think you got to have McColl or you'd want to have McColl if, you, if you're preferring which one. Just because if he does become that impactful of a player, it means he he unlocked what we all kind of hoped he always would be. That speed is something that you just can't replicate. I do think Juju has a little bit more of a replicable skill set, right? Just you can find guys that maybe do a little bit of what he does. Um, it's kind of more, uh, it's more popular to be that bigger power slot type of guy that can still um, do a lot of the quick stuff too. If McColl turns it on though and becomes that really impactful player, man, that speed is something you cannot replace. That's why I got to go McColl. Well, part of the reason I asked this question is because both are essentially in contract seasons this year. Right. Who do you think would be easier to re-sign in this scenario that they became an impactful player? We've talked a lot about Most people agree that, that McCole Hardman is not re-signing with this team. If he has a great year, he's going to price himself out. If he has a bad year, they have no reason to bring him back. Um, I don't know that I totally agree with that. I think there's a lot of reasons why Andy Reid and, and company – actually really like what McColl brings and would like to bring him back. Juju, they've been trying to get for two years. You know, I hope that it's not just a one-year-and-done thing with him. But mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to see, you know, let's let's give him a 1,000-yard season, you know, with five, six touchdowns uh, for each of these guys. Do you think they could re-sign either one of them in that scenario? Man, that is that is a good point, man. I mean, I I don't think both are happening, right? I mean, you, you can't think no, that. No, absolutely. Exactly. And so you have to say kind of either or. I think just because Juju has been in the league longer, 
and has kind of already had those chances to be signed. I think even if he has a good year, there's only a certain limit he can be signed to, right? Because I think teams have already kind of shown their hand on what they think of him to an extent, to an extent, because he was injured last year. So I think that does play into how he was uh, handled in free agency this year. But McColl, if he has that going off here, you know, it's so easy to sell. Hey, look, finally Tyreek's gone. He just had to step up. And now he's the guy that you all thought he was supposed to be. It's so easy to sell that if you're the agent, right? Like, hey, look, he was just behind Tyreek the first three years. Now you're seeing what he looks like without a guy next to him. This is who he is. So, yeah, I, it's McColl would, is probably going to get a ton of money if he has a really good year, I would imagine. Who's the bigger name in the league right now? I think Chiefs fans are, have really – we've talked about before how we think that he McColl is almost underrated at this point amongst Chiefs fans where te- fans of other teams see him and say, man, that's a dynamic player right, who right. needs a chance to pop. Um, Juju is a guy who was hot for a while and kind of uh, sort of a forgotten guy in the, in the league, at least in my sense. I'm not sure which one has a better reputation right now. The reputation thing, it's interesting because I think Juju is a, is a very well-known name because he puts himself out there and is a social media personality. But at the same time, you know, when you talk about reputation, I think a lot of people get this negative connotation with him because of that stuff, um, because of dancing on the logo before a game. And even though it might be silly, I, I do think, you know, I, I that plays into it. And just the fact that we haven't seen him be as very good since he was with Antonio Brown and Pittsburgh's offense is really good. But that also plays into how he could explode here because he finally plays with a team that has an actual quarterback and not a how uh, uh, what podcast always calls him a water buffalo, but <laughs> someone someone kept calling him a water. I think it was P- shout out PFF forecast. That, I think that's who it is. That, but. That's hilarious. I I, just, I like to go with his standby, uh, the corpse of Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, yeah, you know, I think that's always a good a good way to put it. Well, tell you what. Speaking of wide receivers, Ron's now famous segment, uh, the remix, talking about Andy Reid's offense, all different wrinkles, all X's and O's. Let's get into that segment now. Let's talk a little bit about the piece that you have out on, on Arrowhead Pride this week, uh, talking about wide receivers in, in a lot of ways. So let's let, I'll let you go ahead and introduce that and, and give us sort of the, the the footnotes or the cliff notes on your uh, on your Remax piece this week. Remax, read Remax. Anyways, with that time, yours. Absolutely, yeah. Check out it's a weekly piece for the summer. I'm always talking about the offense. And this week, I want to talk about the new receivers, the receivers we have not seen in this offense yet. And I went one by one, MVS, Juju, and Sky Moore. And the thing I, I wanted to point out was just some 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 common play concepts the Chiefs use um, and, and how these guys fit into them. So for MVS specifically, you know, he's a speed guy. He's a guy that had that 4-3-7 speed, right? You lose Tyreek. That was something the Chiefs always excelled with, was having those two speed guys and kind of being able to interchange them between Tyreek and McColl on certain pass combinations and the drive pass concept uh, is, is one that uses speed a lot and is one that the chiefs love to use. So it's basically two inner or two middle of the field routes. One, a shallow crosser, one, an intermediate crosser. Kelsey is usually the intermediate crosser, right? Well, that shallow crosser needs to be someone fast. And so that's where it's an easy route for someone like McColl or Tyreek to run. Um, you know, you're just, you're just catching the ball very quickly and, and turning upfield, right? Getting into open space. The other, fast guy in that formation would be running a deep pattern to kind of open up that space, right? Take the safeties deep, open up that space. And so McColl and Tyreek were always those two guys interchangeably. Now you have MVS with McColl doing it. 
And I do think those that deep pattern, that deep post of that play, the example I put on Twitter, and, and Stags, you noticed this too, is, is McColl's running that deep post trying to clear out. Well, he can't get off the, the coverage, and it actually does draw a flag, but he's not physical enough to get off the coverage. I think this is where MVS can even increase that potential because he is going to be able to get off press. He's going to be able to, to work through physical coverage a lot better and I, I and he's also very fast, so I do think he could play that shallow crosser too, but also be a good uh, good on the post. So all that to say, the speed that MVS brings is still going to be able to be utilized in some of the the core stuff Andy Reid uses. And it honestly, in some of that deep stuff, playing off physical coverage, it could be even better than what we saw last year. And really, it's about letting these receivers do what they do best. Mm-hmm. And in that particular formation, that particular play that you showed, if MVS has taken McColl's spot. McColl has taken Tyreek's spot in, exactly. in that formation, right? So now McColl does what we've seen McColl do, take that short pass in stride, turn it upfield, and go. And MVS is playing the clear-out role, and he's able to beat the press coverage and, and to get deep, draw some attention, open up the spacing. So I do think that there's a real opportunity there for McColl to do more of that specific slice of Tyreek Hill's job description that that he is best at doing. And in other scenarios, you're going to have MVS doing a slice of Tyreek Hill's work, but doing it in a different way. On that particular play and that particular uh, route combination, like I said, though, you can see, you can really easily see MVS being the clear out guy, McColl being the shallow route there. And, and you've got an opportunity for that, for that route concept to, to be, like you said, even more effective. Yeah, exactly. And, and the other part of this too, the other part of my article was, was Juju Smith-Schuster, how he can fit in, you know, it, it's, it's kind of a similar thing where it, it's just going to be an improvement over, over. So I can, I compared Juju Smith-Schuster specifically to Byron Pringle's role last year, just because I do think they're, they're similar style players in terms of those bigger built receivers. Juju, in my opinion, is a much better receiver. And one way you can see that is is the Chiefs Hank concept. So H A N K Hank. It's a uh, it's a traditional West Coast uh, concept. It's very simple. It's it's a lot of the receivers running deep curls, right? So not not uh, hitch routes five to seven yards, uh, more closer to eight to ten yards, more intermediate curls. And basically, it, it's best against zone coverage because uh, you're just trying to find uh, throwing windows for the quarterback to find you. And I do think one thing that. I think Pringle and Robinson both struggled that last year was just preciseness of routes running exactly where they needed to be hitting their landmarks. And one specific play I tweeted out on this Hank concept, Pringle runs that deep curl on a third down. Well, he runs it short of the sticks. So he catches it short of the sticks and it's like a third and eight, third of 10. You don't run that route to a certain yardage. You run that route to where it needs to go. um, And it's past the sticks. And so Pringle just got lucky, uh, broke a you know broke a tackle and, and got the first down anyway. But I really do think Juju will be a lot more precise and just better hands. Byron Pringle dropped a lot of passes last year. We talk about you know maybe Tyreek having some some hand some bad hands at times, but uh, so did Byron Pringle. And Juju Smith Schuster has a career drop rate, I, I believe, roughly five percent. Byron Pringle's last year was either twelve percent, ten to twelve percent. Um, so yeah, all that to say. In those tight windows, in those, in those, you know, when you need just a first down and it's a stationary target, I think Juju will be a lot better at fi- being able to get open for Mahomes precisely, being where he needs to be, but also securing the pass once it gets to him, right? So I think Juju is much of an improvement on those, uh, you know, tight window throws compared to what Mahomes had last year. Uh, there's not a damn thing going on. So uh, 
we have to be really good at this and manufacture topics. And, uh, and luckily, this is why Pete Sweeney uh, partnered with us because no one on this show is working for him. Uh, he partnered with us to come together because of our talents in this. And I'm looking at ESPN. Uh, as they know, they're trying to fill content as well. They rank the top 32 most talented teams. Uh, and listen, there's some some teams in certain spots that we could be here all day, but I will not go down that rabbit hole because we will never dig ourselves out if we start arguing about some of these teams that they have rated. But they have the Chiefs at nine. The Chiefs at nine, the back half of the top ten, I would say probably since Patrick Mahomes became Patrick Mahomes to the world, the Chiefs have never been viewed this low, I'd imagine. Uh, but they are nine, and the importance to this, them being nine, and count me, tell me if I'm wrong, fellas, Buffalo was one. The the L.A. Chargers in the division are three, which you could argue are two, we felt are two of the most talented teams in the AFC, and I, I tend to agree. And Cleveland, if it's not Jacoby Bursett, is sixth uh, uh, in in this in this ranking. And then the Cincinnati Bengals, who beat you in your own field. Uh, because you got drunk in the second half and took a dump over the field. They are eighth. Um, so there's four teams in the AFC that many people look at and believe have a more talented roster than the Chiefs. And I'll be honest, fellas, I I don't think I argue that. Maybe you could say a few things, maybe with the Bengals, but I most definitely think roster to roster – those top three teams, I think I, I think the Browns, I think the Chargers, I think the Bills are more talented. And I'm going to be honest with you, I think Denver overall may be more talented than the Chiefs, who they have listed at 14, just me personally when I look at what they can bring to the table. Uh, but those three especially, and I think Cincinnati, you could argue either way. But when I look at that, and I see where the Chiefs are. They have definitely dropped in talent. And I'm intrigued by this because it's really going to test one of my theories. Maybe my number one theory in football is college, NFL, I always look, all right, who's got the best quarterback and the coach? I think those are the two most important things on the field to me, quarterback and coach. And even though I think the Chiefs, as we see, are ninth and fairly behind these other three or four AFC teams, I still think they have the best coach quarterback combination in Andy Reid and, and and Patrick Mahomes. How much can they make up for the talent deficit that they have? And I think that's going to be the interesting thing to watch this year for the Chiefs is how much can Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes make up for the talent? I've watched Andy Reid do it with lesser quarterbacks. I've watched Andy Reid make up talent disparities with him and Donovan McNabb over other teams in the NFC. I watched him do it, and you all have watched him do it with Alex Smith, make up the talent deficit with other teams. I think this is maybe his greatest task ever because Buffalo is no joke. The Chargers are no joke. The Browns, if they are not playing with Jacoby Brissett, they are no joke. I, it feels like to me, and maybe you guys disagree, that they're going to have to make up for the talent that they lack or they are behind on these other teams. 
No, I think it's a test of three people. I, I think it, it really is. It comes down to, as you mentioned, Andy Reid, who's going to have to scheme things up in a way that he frankly didn't have to in previous years. Like you look back to the Kareem Hunt year where it was Kareem, you had on the outside Tyreek Hill, and then Travis Kelsey, of course, at tight end. That's as good as it gets in the NFL. Like then, now, anything in between, that's unbelievable. Uh, you look to what it was when they had Sammy Watkins healthy. Say what you will about Sammy. He's a super talented number two wide receiver, and we've got him, and he's paired with guys like Tyreek and Travis. It's pretty damn good. Now you're going to have something that's different, and you don't have that legitimate number one wide receiver the way they did with Tyreek Hill. So Andy is going to be tested. On top of that, Patrick's going to be tested. He's never played with wide receivers like this. They're just different. It's a different accumulation of talent on the outside. So he's going to be tested. And I think the third guy that they're putting a lot of pressure on here is Brett Veach because Brett Veach had to go out this offseason. He had more draft capital than he ever has by a wide margin this year. And it seems like everybody believes he drafted well. Well, those guys are going to be tested quickly. George Karlaftis might be a week one starter for you. You look at what you've got at linebacker, you may have a week one starter there that was drafted later on. Your cornerback on the outside, probably a week one starter. Justin Reed, he signed this offseason, week one starter for you. The wide receiver and running back tandem that might be there for you. All his signings. Like, he is going to be tested in a huge way. Was he right in these evaluations? Because he let a lot of people go. They could have easily just said, you know what, Tyreek, we'll give you all of the money you know what, we like what we have right now with Tyron Matthew. He's been a leader of our defense for years. We really believe that he can regain that form that he had a couple of years ago. We're going to re-sign him. We're going to go out there and instead of trusting our drafting ability, we're just going to make a big splash move the way that they have many times before and bring in another veteran, whether it be on the offensive line or at wide receiver or wherever. They didn't do that this year. So I think the guy that they probably doesn't get talked about enough that's going to be tested this year it's a massive year to be tested for Brett Veach. And I, I think that's the guy that really I'm going to be honing in on. Yeah. I, yeah. His, his moves are, yeah. The, like uh, George can't be Breland speaks. Like, I mean, he's got to like these moves they've made. You're right. This is, this is his team now. When, like, when no when longer look, is this Dorsey's team. When, when, when you look at it is this is a team and I don't care what you said. We've had disagreements on this, especially with Serta. Um, that this isn't a like a let's win a we're we're trying to seriously attack and win a Super Bowl. When you have Patrick Mahomes at this age, you're you're trying to win a Super Bowl. Like this is like LeBron James is on your team in his prime. You're trying like it, you're trying to win a championship every single year. There's no step backs, and you could argue when you're in that mode, generally you you you're playing for like let's get let's get replaceable parts immediately that we know what they're going to be. Instead, they're trying to pull off what the Warriors did, and that is win today and plan for the future and win for today and tomorrow. And listen, if it works, it is big time because now you've you've extended this window or even turned the corner and opened it in a different way. But, yeah, Brett Veach, those guys, like, they have to be – and I guess just listening to you, it, it it makes me think this. All three of them have to be difference makers in a way that they didn't have to be before, right? Like they like like Brett Veach has to be a difference maker because the talent isn't there to pick you up. Andy Reid 
has to be more of a like a difference maker like he was in Philly or when Alex was here in a way that he maybe didn't have to because hell it was easy. Uh and 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 Mahomes has to be a difference maker in a way that he hadn't been before because it's getting harder and harder the way teams are defending you and now 10 isn't there that can just that can make life easier, make coverage easier to read because you know what what teams are going to do because they have to they have to uh, allocate a certain amount of defenders to 10. So, yeah, I mean, they're going to have to be difference makers in ways they've never been before. I, 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 yeah, that's a and that's a that's a fun thing to look at, though. Yeah, and I think that's why I'm really excited for this season. And I, I've mentioned it, I think me and BK even talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Like, I think we are going to get the best Andy. Like, I, I think that Andy was getting too comfortable and, and it was too easy to just simply rely on Mahomes, Hill, and Kelsey all the time to get things done. And so I think we're going to see more creative Andy. I, I think we're going to see Pat. Uh, a little bit looser this season than we saw him at times last year where it seemed like he felt like he had to carry the entire team on his back all the time. And that kind of weighs on you like over an entire NFL season that that takes a lot out of you as a player and everything that he was going on just like in his personal life, like it was perfectly reasonable for Patrick Mahomes to just be tired and worn out last season. And I, I think there just was some of that, but I think we are going to see the best versions of that. And as far as Veach goes, like I was talking to some of the guys here at AP about this draft class and the expectations for this draft class, because amongst Chiefs fans, it's very, very high. Like you're thinking that you got five, six guys that can potentially contribute on this roster in some way. And I was like, it's hard to project that. Like you just don't see very many draft classes where teams wind up doing that. And I think about, I think it was the 2017 Saints that, did it like they had an insanely impressive draft class. I was talking to some of the guys at AP about it and they were like, well, the difference there is saints had a bunch of top 100 draft picks. And that's what the chiefs had in this draft. They had a bunch of top 100 draft picks where, you know, the values higher on those guys and they accumulated a lot of those picks in the top 100. And so they just wanted as many darts as they could fire at the board and, and hope that those hit. And the higher they are up in the draft, obviously the higher likelihood that they will hit. Yeah. Uh, uh, we Ram and, Kamara and Marshawn Lattimore, I think. So if you look at it, like the similarities there are not hard to find either because you look at what the Chiefs needed this year. Like Ramchick is basically your version of Karloftis. Kamara is your version of Sky Moore. And then you could go one for one with the cornerback position of Marshawn Lattimore and what you got in this year in the first round. Yeah, it's interesting. Of of the three, if we're adding Veach in there too, like he is, he is the one that that I have the least amount of confidence in. Which, I mean, it's not a surprise, but not, and it's more unless of of what he got, because I can see all of these guys being solid. I I don't know how many immediate like difference makers there there are, right? Like I. And I guess I wasn't in New Orleans, so I didn't know what you thought about Lattimore or whatever. He was in the top 10 or close to it. So, I mean, you had some ex- ex- expectations. Um, but I don't know if they got a, a player like that. I think they got I think they got guys that are going to contribute. I'm not sure if they pick now. If one of them turns into a difference-making type player this year, 
and I don't, and that doesn't mean one of them, I'm saying one of them turns into Tyreek Hill or or a or to Tyron Matthew or something like that. But I'm just saying a person that is a a playmaker or of some sorts that adds to this team in a major way that's beyond just solid. And that that's the only part. It's not really necessarily Brett because I mean he's had some success in the draft. But I I just like when I look at that, there's no flash. There's no flash where I'm like, damn, okay. And I guess Sky Moore would be the closest. But like, there's no flash where, like, when I look at the corner, like out of Washington, I don't think like, you know that you know this. He's Marcus not Marcus Peters. Peters. Yeah, you know what I mean. Exactly. I think, he's not I a think guy that had solid a bunch player. of ball production. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see. But they they have to make up for that talent disparity with the bills with the browns with the chargers with the Bengals, in the afc themselves and one and the three things that, that we're looking at here is mahomes and the uh and, and andy and obviously veach with the depth of the roster has to together make up for that vacations can be tricky you already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride interview series. I am Steven Serta. Continuing our Chiefs draft pick preview, we are very happy to be joined by co-defensive coordinator and safeties coach for the Cincinnati Bearcats, Colin Hitchler. Colin, how are we doing today? We really appreciate you joining the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Great. Thank you for having me on and uh, excited to, uh, to be a part of it. We're really excited to chat with you and... You know, obviously, your guys' program at Cincinnati is coming off an incredible season where you, know, you, you guys saw multiple guys go in the NFL draft, and one of those guys was safety Brian Cook, who uh, you had the pleasure of coaching at Cincinnati. And 
Chiefs fans are excited about Brian Cook because their secondary's kind of gone through an overhaul this offseason where you know, we saw a, a staple and all-pro caliber player and Tyron Matthew hit the free agent market. He's no longer a Kansas City Chief. And, and so there's been some question marks there in the secondary. So, Colin, if you could tell us one thing that Chiefs fans need to know about Brian Cook before they get an opportunity to see him on the football field, what would that be? Well, one, I'd say he's a, he's a great person. Um, before you even talk about football, he's a, a leader, a well-rounded young man who's been successful on and off the field. I mean, he was a academic All-American. He's a kid that uh, was voted captain by his teammates, even though he had never truly been the starter until this year. And, and that was a team that had nine draft picks. So somebody that was considered a leader, even though he had less playing time than a lot of the guys um, that were returning. And, and he's a, a person of uh, high character that's just a worker. Um, he's he's outworked everybody his whole life and he'll continue to to put in the work on and off the field to be successful yeah so when I was kind of doing some research on Brian and after the Chiefs drafted him I think the thing that stood out most to Chiefs fans was Brian likes to hit people it seems like like Brian likes to go out there and he likes to make big plays in the secondary but he especially likes to you know, lay big hits on uh, opposing players. Is that something that you feel like, is that something that like Brian that jumps out about his style of play? Is that something that you notice like immediately when you see him take the football field? You know, I, it, it's awesome to hear you say that because Brian was a, you know, when he came to our program, he was a corner at Howard university. So um, this is a kid that, that was thin, smaller framed, uh, kid coming out of high school that really only had one offer um, and it was Howard close to signing day and and grew from uh, an FCS corner into a big time All-American level safety and, and changed his body through the development of of our weight room program and, and Coach Collins, Brady Collins, our, our strength coach and turned himself into uh, a physical specimen that was obviously evaluated highly by the, the NFL scouts, but his style of play also became this physical, tough, hard-nosed mentality. I think he put would put a lot of pride into that, um, you know, as a Cincinnati football player and, and what that means to be a, a high school kid that developed in the city of Cincinnati and grew up playing park ball around here because it is a, a blue-collar city of, of tennis. Uh, similar to Kansas City in a lot of ways. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you're entering your third straight year as the uh, Cincinnati Bearcats safeties coach, and, and you mentioned that mm-hmm. he had to transfer. He had to transition from playing corner back to playing safety for you guys. So, like, so that wasn't like a day one development, right? Like him getting drafted to the NFL as a safety. Like this is something he had to work really hard at to want to kind of wind up excelling enough at the position to kind of wow some NFL scouts and eventually get drafted in the second round by the chiefs. Yeah. So he was in a a really good situation in that he had um, Derek Forrest and James Wigan who were fifth and seventh round picks respectively the year before him. So they really pushed him and elevated his level of, of training and his expectations of, of what, you know, he could be uh, more than anything because he's always been a hard worker. 
but to run against those guys daily in drills and to uh, to be pushed in the weight room and see, you know, what he could turn his body into and credit to him. He uh, he surpassed any expectation that I think anybody in this program had to be what he became. And, uh, you know, that's that's all credit to his work ethic and, and his character as a person. Um, but yeah, he's, he's a kid that's also developed a love of the position of safety. And I think, uh, what stands out, the first word I would use to describe him as a player is versatile. You know, uh, a lot of safeties who are former corners, you think they're more cover safeties, but he's as comfortable in the box. Uh, he butts off the edge. He can play the post. He can, he can cover man. And he, you know, what I think his greatest strength is his versatility and his lack of weaknesses. And, you know, you've mentioned his, his work ethic and, um, and, and his personality as a player, but is there something specific you could point to uh, about Brian that, you know, helps him on the football field? Like, you know, we're coming, we're transitioning here with the Kansas City Chiefs from Tyron Matthew, who was a, a very vocal leader on the football field and really commanded a lot of respect and then we've had some other safeties in the building who have even said like, oh, no, we kind of just stayed quiet and just tried to play and make plays because Tyron was the guy who who kind of chirped at everybody. Like, is Brian out there kind of, you know, co- commanding things or, or is Brian he more is a, is a very confident kid who uh, is going to put he's a grown man playing college football last year. And he was coming in the building at, at 7, 7 a.m. and leaving at 6 p.m. and he watched more film than, than half the staff. So he's, you know, addicted to the game. And because of that, he knew everything that was going to happen before it happens. And he is not shy about being vocal and, and making sure his teammates know it. I think uh, if you go back and watch the Georgia game two years ago, we're in the Peach Bowl. That's his first career start. And he leads the team in tackles. But more than that, the demand he showed on the field for – a first game starter in a bowl game and he's he's controlling the whole back end and pointing out plays and pulling the trigger on on some crack tosses and stuff where he recognized it off his film study um and, and you you'll see it quickly in preseason he'll he'll be out there recognizing formations and emotions and, and he is not scared to to vocalize that yeah, I, I think Chiefs fans absolutely love hearing that from you, Colin. Um, you know, especially when you know they brought in Justin Reed. They still have Juan Thornhill, but uh, something that Chiefs defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo has done a little bit more than other defensive coordinators over the last couple of years is he likes to utilize these three safety looks because he he likes his safeties who can play up in the box and play around the line of scrimmage. And then he likes guys who can play all over the field and play in coverage. Um, do do you think that as far as Brian's game goes, like, and we've already talked about what a big hitter he can be and physical. Do you, do you see him as being kind of that line of scrimmage safety or, or somebody that they can put in the secondary who can go sideline to sideline? I think he, uh, that's the versatility that he brings. I mean, he's played nickel in, in big games in the past when we had those two safeties and, you know, people were getting in bigger personnel. We were putting him in at, at nickel or, really what some people might argue is a Sam linebacker. Um, he's got the corner background, so he can. he's very comfortable out in space covering. Um, but his versatility and ability to fit the box, 
his understanding of schemes and X's and O's allows him to be a move, movable piece. And, you know, I'd have all expectations that he would be able to be versatile enough to move to that, that box safety, that third safety, that Buffalo nickel or whatever they're calling it. Yeah, we're we're all very excited to see Brian take the field, and they did just announce that the Kansas State Chiefs rookies are going to report on July 22nd, uh, so fans will have that opportunity here in the near future to see him take the field. Uh, last thing before I let you go, Colin, and I, I know coaches don't love getting into the comparison game, but for the Kansas State Chiefs fans, I think people would be upset if I didn't ask you, if you had to compare him to one NFL safety, Like, is there a particular player that comes to mind or that reminds you of Brian? No, I think what makes Brian unique is he takes different pe- uh, pieces from different games. Um, but uh, it's really hard for me to to put that in my mind exactly, you know, who he would be. There's a lot, of, you know, in, in an ideal world, if his career pans out like I hope it does, you know, Brian Dawkins was the guy that I always watched in Philly growing up. And, and obviously Coach Reed had him under him. You know, that, that would be the the dream that I think he could become, uh, just a physical leader, toughness, uh, control the whole back end. But, uh, you know, he's got a lot of work to put in before anything of that type. Yeah, and we I, I'm sure we'll see some big-time flashes from him uh, as soon as we get to see him on the football field up in St. Joseph, Missouri, once they start training camp. But, uh, again, Colin Hitchler co-defensive coordinator of the Cincinnati Bearcats, as well as safeties coach. Uh, Colin, we appreciate you joining us so much. We really appreciate, I appreciate the time. It. And I just want to, a quick shout out to uh, Ryan Nutt and Pat Perduto. Those guys um, did an unbelievable job with the Kansas City Chiefs scouting department. And, you know, I, a lot of credit to them for finding Brian and, and putting the work in. And uh, we're very excited to, uh, to watch him and, Really, really excited for the Chiefs organization to, uh, in my opinion, outwork some of the other teams in the league to find him. Yeah, I uh, I was told that they were very excited when they were able to take him in the second round. But uh, again, thank you, Colin. Uh, we we wish you and your and your program there at Cincinnati nothing but luck in the upcoming season. Thank you so much. Have a great time. Go Chiefs. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.